Tim, come on up. It's Tim Snyder and Betty Snyder. We all know them, but, but you say whatever's on your heart tonight. You, Love you, ma'am. Book of Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23. You guys are way too quiet. Everybody say, get a grip. Amen. Moan or something, you know, just do something. I'm, I'm getting nervous up here. Y'all just a little too quiet. Somebody turn the air conditioner on. There you go. Somebody turn the air conditioner on. It's way too warm in here. We're too comfortable. Open the doors. <laughs> I get to leave Monday for India, so I'm going to fly out of this deep freeze, and, and 24 hours later, we're going to be in 80-degree weather. So, you know, that's that's one, one good thing about it. That, you know, about the only thing, but there's really... I don't have time to go into that. Hebrews chapter 10 at verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. One of the things that God has been speaking to me about for this new year is learning to hold fast, to grab hold of things and hang on. We have, we have been working for years in this country and not only establishing the gospel in this country, but around the world. When, when you travel around the world, which me and my wife has been blessed to do several times, and you see the impact of the gospel that has come from America. America is one of the greatest mission-sending and mission-supporting countries in the world. And when you see the impact that has taken place and the power that that has happened all around the world, we, we, don't, we, we don't even understand what's happening right now all around the world. The gospel of Jesus Christ is growing greater and faster right now than it's ever grown before. We are seeing, we're seeing the power of God displayed in different parts of the world like never before. I mean, we, I could literally be planning in Rwanda where we started the ministry 10 years ago. I could literally be planning a church every single week and filling it up. People are being saved and churches are being established. It's a time of grace. It's a time of power. And, and we just keep seeing the growth. And that's happening all over the world. Even in India where we're getting ready to go. Persecution is an old, as, at an all-time high. They're burning our churches. They're dragging our pastors out and beating them in the street with clubs. And, and there's all kinds of persecution. And yet the gospel just keeps growing because somebody decided to get a hold of the Word of God and hang on to it until it began to manifest. It began to happen. And that's what we've got to grab hold of today. It's not an instant microwave thing. I know that doesn't go over well in, in America. We want instant microwave. How many can remember the old computers when they first come out? I'm old enough to do that. I remember when there wasn't a computer. I've got more computer in my hip pocket right now than the Apollo space missions had right there. I remember when that, you remember how slow they were? I mean, you, you could go make a cup of coffee and stuff and, and before, you know, it opened something up. And we thought that was neat back then. We thought this was really something. Today, they are really, really fast. But if it takes a second for them to do something, we're saying, oh man, this thing's slow. We get frustrated with it. And yet it's faster than it's ever been. You know, lightning speed. Thinks faster than most of us. 
And yet we get frustrated with it. Why? Because we get used to it. You know, we, we like things to happen really fast. We like, th- we like to see immediate results. I want to tell you something. Being a child of God and, and being able to hang on to and experience the things that God has promised us is not a microwave experience. It's something you got to grab hold of, hang on to, and keep hanging on until it begins to happen. And a lot of us don't have the patience for that these days. We're, we're kind of impatient, aren't we? Amen. If you don't believe me, go to Walmart and stand in line. You'll find out impatience, and you're probably one of them. You know, can they, <laughs> can they not open up another line? You know, we, we get impatient about things. We want, we, want it to have, we want instant gratification today. But when it comes to the Word of God, there is a lot of times not instant gratification. You've got to hang on. You've got to hold fast to the declarations, the the confessions of your faith until things begin to happen. Because sometimes the first thing you get when you start believing God for something or, or, or trying to stand on the Word of God, the first thing you get is frustration. And we don't like, that's hard to sell. That don't sell very many books. You know, you, you can't sell any books by writing, you know, 10 steps to frustration before your results. Nobody's going to buy that book. And yet that's the truth. You know, we, we like, we like 10 step, 10, you know, we like to do the 10 steps. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10. Wow, I got it. No, you don't. You've just got some knowledge. Now you got to apply it. Come on, somebody. Amen. This, this thing isn't, isn't something you just, to hold on, the, the word hold fast here, to understand what, what Paul is trying to get across to us, it, it's like to, to be so touched with something, to get the word in your heart to the point it impacts you to the point that you are not going to let go of it no matter what happens. You get a grip. Amen. You won't let go. You hang on to it. Wish I could get get somebody to illustrate this for me. Amen. We need we need a we need a rope or something. We could do a tug of war thing. I'll just go tackle Kent and and see if he can get away from me. That's what we'll do. <laughs> this guy this guy's got your back. He said he's going to be stronger than you. <laughs> When we, when we understand that it's, it's something that you hold fast to, you hold fast to your, your proclamations, your, your declarations. If you don't have declarations of the Word of God in your life, you're, you're, you're not going to get anywhere. You've got to learn to declare the Word. You've got to learn to declare what God's doing in your life. Speak it over and over and over until it begins to happen. Just because you quote it one time doesn't mean something's going to happen. Sometimes it does, you know, I've talked to people who's got, you know, instant results and then they're ruined for the rest of their life because if it doesn't happen that way the next time, they, they quit. Don't be a quitter. Amen. Everybody say, I'm not a quitter. Now say this, I refuse to quit. I refuse to let go. Hold fast is to grab hold of something so tight that it's so precious to you that you literally refuse to, to let go of it. The, the, this word actually means to grab hold of it and, 
and take it down and hang on to it's like wrestling i'm gonna tackle you yet ken i'm, I'm gonna do it it's like wrestling you hold on to something and you 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 refuse to let it go you get it down i mean you wrestle it down and hang on to it and you refuse to let go of it oh if we could as children of god if we could just get this mentality in our hearts that i'm not going to let go of this i'm going to hang on to it until it happens Jacob wrestled with God and he said, I won't let go of you until you bless me. He got wounded in the, in the process and yet he still wouldn't let go. Oh God, give us some people that won't let go just because they get hurt. Just because things go wrong. Oh, things are going to go wrong. I can guarantee you things are going to go wrong. Somebody's going to disappoint you. Somebody's going to oppose you. Something's not going to go right. You're going to get disappointed. It's going to take too long. It's going to, it, there's some type of, type of frustration. But if you just hang on and refuse to give up, then you're going to be able to possess, as Pastor Kim was talking about, you're going to be able to possess the thing that you need. Amen. If there's anything that I've learned in my life, I can preach this message because that's, that's been my life. I've had to learn to hang on. Amen. You can't, if I get a grip on something, you can beat me to death and I'm not going to let go of it because I found out that that's the only way you get anything done. That's the only way you accomplish anything. Amen. We need to be that way in our churches. We need to be that way with our marriages. We need to be that way with our children. We need to be that way with the things that are important in life. We need to have the attitude that I'm not going to let go. Amen. Everybody say, that's good preaching. Thank you. Man, I'm feeling better. <laughs> Don't let go. <laughs> I ain't letting go. Praise God. You gotta, you gotta possess it. You gotta take hold of it. Refuse to let go of it. The Word of God, when you get a revelation of the Word of God, when, when you're, when you're reading or, or you hear a message preached or something just comes alive on the inside of you, don't just think, well, that was a good inspiration. Grab hold of that. It's not just something that, that was a momentary goosebump. Grab hold of it. Hang on to it. Declare it until it becomes part of you because you need that. You need to possess that. What Pastor Kent was talking about, you know, I, I like to put it like this. God, God comes up and touches you with his power and then backs off to see if you'll, you'll pursue him. And, and a lot of times we don't. We go, whoo, I got goosebumps on that. Okay, let's go on for the next one. You know, let's have another experience. No, if God touches you, if something stirs you, if something touches you, you got to grab hold of that and say, I'm going to hang on to this. I'm not letting go. Amen. In, in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9, I've been, I've been talking this, declaring it ever since the new year. And I've, I've preached it at my church. I've preached it at another church on New Year's Eve. And I'm preaching it here tonight that, that we have to hang on. And it says, be not weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap if you don't faint. Amen. Anybody ever seen those fainting goats? You ever seen you ever seen a video of those fainting goats? Some of you young people, you know what I'm talking about. Have you seen it? Everybody say okay, yes or no. They are hilarious. I mean, you 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 scare them, and and they'll move a little bit, and then they just fall down and go stiff. 
Any of you guys think you can do a faint goat demonstration for me? Anybody? Kent can? Yeah. <laughs> they, anytime something startles them, then they just seize up and they just fall over. They just freeze up. We, we've got to quit being like that as children of God. We, we start out, you know, when, when, we, when there's inspiration. How many, how many like inspiration? I like, I like inspiration. You know, I like to be inspired. But I know that inspiration is momentary. Because when, when, when you really start moving forward to accomplish something, inspiration is hard to hang on to because it turns into work. And it turns into hardship and, and it, it, it gets difficult. And whether or not you're going to be able to achieve something is rather you can hang on through the difficult times. Amen. How, how, many, of you, how many of you guys are sophomores? Any sophomores in here? Okay, juniors? Yeah, boy, you're just a couple of years away from being a senior. <laughs> hang on. Hang in there. It's coming. Amen. There's one thing. When I was in school, I could, there's one thing that I dreamed about, and that was graduating. I mean, that's what, that was my dream, just to graduate, you know? And I finally did because the teachers, you know, needed relief. So I, you know, finally got out of there. But you gotta, you gotta keep, stick with it. You gotta hang on to it. You gotta keep moving forward. I knew a kid that got frustrated two months before graduation and quit school. Huh? What are you doing? What are you, yeah, come on. What are you doing? I mean, who would do that? Two months, almost there. But it's because there wasn't the, I, I, I created this word, word several years ago and now it's in the dictionary. I just want you to know that I was the one that created this and it's called stick to itiveness. Stick to it. It's in the dictionary now. Stick to it. It means to be able to stick with something until it's done. To hang in there. Be not weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap if you faint not. I had an elder minister call me that, that I've been going to see. This, guy, this guy's uh, way up in years, but he still just studies all the time. Can't hardly get out of his house. But, and had a powerful ministry in up, upstate New York. And now he's in, in Missouri, about, about an hour and a half from my house. And I go and I just sit in his bedroom and listen to him because this guy has so much wisdom. And I've been, I've been preaching for 40 years. And yet I can't hardly, I, I can't wait until the next time I get to go and learn from this guy. Just listen to him. Oh, you got to get be hungry for knowledge. You got to be hungry for the word of God, for revelation. And he called me one day. And he said, Pastor, I got something for you. I said, okay. He's, and he quoted this verse to me. Be not weary and well-doing, but in due season you shall reap if you faint not. And he said that word due, the due season, literally means that if you don't give up, if you don't faint, the, the meaning of that word is that you have a divine appointment with reaping. A divine appointment. It literally means that if you don't quit, if you don't give up, if you hang in there, Pastor Kent, 
If you just hang in there, if you just keep going, you have the title deed of a season of blessing in your hand because God has promised it and it's a divine appointment for you. You just got to hang in there. You got to keep going. You got to keep pushing. When it gets to where it's not fun, you got to keep pushing. When it gets hard, you got to keep pushing. When everything's against you and nobody's supporting, you got to keep pushing. Because eventually, you'll see it. When I've, I've probably told you this before. I'm getting old enough, I can't remember what, what I've told what congregation, you know. So a lot of times I'll say, if, I'm, if, if you've heard this story before, you know, raise your hand and I'll shorten it up. When we first went to Rwanda, God told us 10 years ago, God spoke to me and said, go to Rwanda, buy property, build a headquarters church, establish a ministry, a Bible school, and a skills training center. Yeah, I didn't have a dime to my name. Didn't know how I was going to, I didn't even know where Rwanda was. I had to get a map out and try to find it. What, what is Rwanda? I knew it was in Africa and I found a little tiny dot right in the center of Africa and God told us to go there and he, he provided the money for us to go there and me and my wife flew in there with no contacts, not knowing anybody except one guy that through, through emails and another guy that works in Africa got a hold of this guy and he picked us up at the airport. That's, that's the only contact we had. I didn't know who this guy was and in six days God blessed us to help start a ministry and buy land and and we were on our way in six days Woo! I mean he provided the money matter of fact I told told God we were working in India we were working in the Philippines we were working in Haiti we were working in Mexico I was spread so thin I couldn't keep up with it and God says go to Rwanda and I was just a little bit snarky is that, is that a word? It will be. I called a friend of mine who works in Africa and I said, can you get some information to try to find out what it costs to buy some property in Kigali City in Rwanda? And so he, he did and he come back and he said, he said, the best I can find out is going to be about $15,000 to buy, you know, maybe an acre in Kigali City. And I thought, okay. And so after I hung up the phone, this is where the snarky come out. Because I was just a little bit tired and a little bit stretched thin. And, and I, I had so many things in my plate that I really didn't want one more thing. And I just held my hand out just like it. Stood up in my office, held my hand out like this. And I said, God, you put $15,000 in cash in my hand and I'll go to Rwanda. Come on, somebody. If that's one of my kids, I'd have jerked him up and whooped him right there. You ever had a whooping? If you're from Missouri, you surely had a whooping. You know? I didn't get no timeouts when I was young. I got knocked out a few times, but I didn't get no timeouts. I said, you put $15,000 in my hand in cash and I'll go to Rwanda. Two weeks later, some people from Springfield, Missouri called us and said, can we meet you for supper? We need to talk to you. I said, yeah, I guess. And so we met them for supper and they said, we hear, we, we've heard somebody from your church said that you mentioned that you want to go to Rwanda and do something, do a work there. I said, yeah. 
And they said, how much is that going to cost? I said, well, we need to buy a piece, piece of property, and, and the best we can find out is $15,000. They looked at each other, and they said, we just sold a piece of land, and, and God told us to give you every dime of it. And the woman reached in her, po- in her purse, stuck out some money. I held my hand out. She put $15,000 in cash in my hand at a table in a restaurant. <laughs> Amen. I mean, that's fun, isn't it? That's exciting. It got real exciting because I realized everybody in that restaurant thought a drug deal was going down. So I, we hurried and put the money up because there I was sitting there just looking at it. I mean, exactly what I told God to do. And I can see God up there going, well, you're going to get snarky with me. I'm gonna, that's got to be a word. Is it a word? You got it? There it is. See there? Huh? Man, I had it on the nail. I hit it on the nail. Cranky and irritable. That's about how I approach God. You know, here it is. You want to put money in my hand? You know, I'll do it. Y'all ever, y'all ever, you didn't, none of y'all ever acted that way. I know you haven't acted that way. Amen. No, I know you haven't. Sister Doris, what would you have done if Kent would have talked to you like that when he was young? Wooden spoon. There you go. Amen. Poon pink. That's what my little boy used to say. And when he was able to talk, he'd look at that spoon and he'd go, poon pink. <laughs> but God, God showed me he put $15,000 in my hand within two weeks without me taking up an offering, without me asking for it, without even mentioning to people other than mentioning my church that I felt like God was telling me to go to Rwanda. Now that was all fun and exciting. Even the part of flying in there with nobody, not knowing anybody. That was kind of, you know, that was kind of exciting. You know, it was a little scary, but it was exciting. It was rough because we didn't know where to stay. So we ended, we ended up staying, staying in this little place that the water just dribbled out. My wife's got a lot of hair. You don't wash your hair in a dribble when you got hair like that. Besides that, it's like a sponge. She can soak up five gallons of water in her hair and not even look wet. I mean, and then take all day to dry. We stayed in that place and, and we preached, we preached that whole time we were there. We preached in this little church that, that, or house, it wasn't a church, little house, had dirt floors, no windows, no doors, only half the, the roof was just parked there. And, and we preached for, for six days every night in that little church and people got saved and we saw people healed and we saw people delivered. One guy that, that didn't even know who he was, didn't know where he was from, that had lost his mind is what they called it. He had no idea where he was from or who he was and all that kind of stuff. They brought him in. We prayed for him and that fast all of a sudden he knew who he was he knew where he was from God restored his mind in a minute's time right there and we saw all that happen it was wonderful, it was fun and I came home and I thought man we're on our way we'll have this done in a year several years later we still got a piece of property with nothing we had to hang on we had to hold fast we had to keep believing. I even, I even had to fight the temptation to sell the property. I mean, I, I literally was tempted to sell the property. You know, because it, it just seemed like nothing was going to happen. 
And we were fighting with the government. The government officials over there in the city was trying to take the land away from us. And we had to fight them constantly over that and try to hang on to this land. And one of the reasons is because all the, the rich people, there are rich people in Africa, and all the rich people started moving into the area where we bought the property. There was nothing there when we went there, but people started moving in and started building these big, huge mansions all around our property. Next thing I know, I spent about, I bought some more property there. I spent about $25,000 total on buying property. And by the time we started building, eight years later, by the time we started building, seven or eight years later, been a long time, that land was valued at $250,000. And I told our I told our, our leader over there, I said, you know, maybe we ought to sell this and just move outside of the city. Buy some, we could buy a whole bunch of cheap property. And he said, no. He was there when he bought it. He said, this is the land God gave us and this is where we're supposed to build the church. And I said, okay. But I mean, nothing was happening. And we was fighting the government. You got to learn to hang on. And then all of a sudden he called me one day or emailed me. And he said, we decided it was on a hillside. Our land was on a hillside. It's kind of like down in, you ever been down in Branson where I live? You know, the topography, the hills and everything. It looks just like that in Rwanda. And it's on a, the property on the hillside. He said, we decided to take shovels and buckets and start digging. We're going to break ground. And they did that. And they moved a whole hillside with shovels and buckets and built this big, beautiful pad out there on this hillside with shovels and buckets. And that spurred me on. I said, God, if they can dig, if they can make, uh, take a whole hillside and move it with shovels and buckets, then we can build this church. And we, and we, we started. And now we've been there 10 years. I don't remember. I think that was just three, four years ago. That we started. And now we have an 800-seat auditorium church in Kigali City. A beautiful church. Paid for. Don't owe a dime on it. And it's got, it's, it's got tile floors. Not just cement floors. It's got tile floors. And it's got nice windows and doors. It's even got tinted glass in it. I mean, we're fancy. God blessed us. And I never took up an offering. I never asked for money. I never made a drive. God did this, but he made me learn how to hang on for several years before it ever started happening. But not only do we have that church, but now we have 21 churches. We've already planted 21 other churches in Rwanda and four churches in the Republic of Congo, and it just keeps growing. All that happened all of a sudden, didn't it? No. It started a long time ago. If we don't learn how to not be weary and well-doing and, and hang in there until our due season comes, we're not going to be able to accomplish the things that God has accomplished, wants us to accomplish. Amen. And I just want to declare this over Oakton United Methodist Church. You have not seen your season yet. 
you have not seen your season yet. You have a due season and you have the title deed in your hand and, and there's people that have gotten tired, there's people that have gotten weary and there's people that have left and people that have quit and they're not going to get to enjoy the due season that's about to come but God's got a due season for this church and it's going to begin to happen and when it happens we're going to say, man, I am glad I held in there. I'm glad I held on. I'm glad I held on to it. Is it 8 o'clock yet? Come on, somebody. Everybody, everybody, hey, in, in India, it is, it is tomorrow morning. So we're way, I'm already on that time. When we, when we learn to, to grab hold of, be not weary in well-doing, but then do season, you shall reap if you faint not. To be able to, to be able to accomplish it, to be able to grow as a child of God, you got to learn how to grab hold of something. You got to learn how to grab hold of the word, to be taught and grab hold of the word and hang on to it until you begin to see the results. Amen. We, we, we started the discipleship ministry a few years ago and, and we had a, a lady from Springfield actually come down and, and, and start teaching these discipleship classes. And I had people that, that just couldn't seem to get a grip. You know what I'm talking about? Their life was always troubled. They just couldn't seem to settle down and get a, and get a hold of the word of God. And it was just in and out and up and down. And, and they finally committed to this discipleship class. And the thing that I saw come out of that is stability. On the back side of that, after being taught, some of them went through it three times. But on the back side of that, now they are stable. They're committed. They're no longer high maintenance. Now they're low maintenance. Why? Because they grabbed hold of something that brought life into them and began to give them strength and power. And now they can hang on. They don't have, some, have to have somebody else hanging on for them. They can hang on themselves. Amen. Praise God. The, the, the word of God is quick and powerful. The word quick and powerful is the same word that is, is the same as effectual. When Paul said there's a great and effectual door, that word quick means alive and powerful. To understand it real good, it means that the word has power to produce results. The word has power to produce results. Results in our life come from that which we, input, that we put into our life. Amen? We, we become what we put into our life. Amen? They'll say, and you are what you eat. You know, I don't, I don't know about that, but, I, you know, it's you are what you eat. When I, go, when I go to places like India, I get so tired of rice. I mean, that's all we eat is rice. More rice. Everything's got rice. You know, it's rice with a little bit of stuff poured on it and, and, a, and a piece of chicken about that big right on the top of it. And, and after we're over there for a couple of weeks, I kid you not, I don't eat at McDonald's now. But when I get through, when, when I've been over in India for a week, I start craving a McDonald's cheeseburger. <laughs> Who would think that? I mean, it literally start, I start thinking, oh, woo, I don't crave food now. You know, it's like it's fuel. You eat you, and you go on. But I get to, get to where, I, oh, it just sounds so good. You know, you just, you just imagine that. A cheese, McDonald's cheese, there's nothing to them. But my body starts saying, I need fat. I'm used to fat. 
I need some fat. You know, I need some chemicals. This stuff is too healthy. <laughs> I need chemicals. Y'all, don't look at me like that. Go home. Now, for the next three weeks, just eat rice. I want to see what happens to you. Come on. You get to where you're hungry for something. That's the way it is with the Word of God. When you, when you begin to eat the Word of God, when you begin to digest it, you get to the point where you start wanting, you start craving it. You can't wait until you get back into the Word of God. You can't wait to dig out some more morsels in the Word of God because you begin to grow and you begin to expand and your life begins to get better. Everybody say, get a grip. Amen. Hold up your fist just like that. And some of you guys will love this. Now hold up your little pinky. Without that little finger, you don't have a grip in your hand. And without the word of God and without teaching, you don't have a grip in your heart. You don't have anything to hang on to. Praise God. But you, you can get a hold of that. Hallelujah. Brother Ken asked me to preach on this, promote the Bible thing. Not really. I'm just joking. <laughs> we're, we're, on the same, we're on the same channel, though. I can't emphasize this enough. This is a time for you to hang in there. Amen. It's the time for you to hang in there. I, while I've been preaching tonight, I've been sensing that there are people in this place that, are, that, that have just been feeling discouraged, and you don't even know why. It's just discouraged. You just feel discouraged. I, it, it surprises me how many people just get discouraged, and they can't figure out why they're feeling discouraged. It's not a time to change churches. It's not a time to change things in your life. It's a time to get before God and say, God, my heart is dissatisfied. I need to feast at your table. I need to feast at your table. Praise God. Stand with me tonight if you would. When you're hungry, you're going to eat. Did y'all, anybody here grow up like me? You know, we, we didn't grow up with a lot of stuff. And, and so, you know, you love those stories, don't you? You know, back, back when we was growing up, you kids love this stuff. Back, back when we was growing up, you know, I didn't have what you, and you know, all that kind of stuff. Y'all, y'all way ahead of me. You know what I'm talking about. You know, we walked uphill both ways of school in two foot deep snow and stuff like that, you know, but we didn't, we didn't have a lot. And when mama put something on the table, you didn't say, I don't want that. Because you got to leave the table until you was hungry. And then you get to eat. Well, some of y'all was looking at me like. <laughs> you know, we didn't have the, the restaurant mentality. I had to, my, my wife's a professional spoiler. I mean, she is absolutely, she has spoiled me rotten. You can, you can imagine what she did to my boys spoiled them right and i would and i would see her you know she would do that sneak in there because one of the boys like this one of the boys and she'd do that and i'd say no we ain't gonna do that they'll eat what's put on the table that's how i was raised so often we miss out on the very things that god has for us because we're just discouraged and we're just not hungry anymore we just don't have the drive that we need to have amen 
if we're not careful, we will feed our hunger on things that doesn't give us any strength or any nutrition. We need to feed ourselves on the things that God has. Amen. Praise God. Let's, let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you, God, for life. And I thank you, God, tonight that you have given us the ability to receive nourishment from you. God, you've given us the ability to, to literally feast at your table And Lord, I pray tonight that a hunger rise up inside of us, Lord, that we can't satisfy, God, that we get a hunger for your meat, the meat of the word of God, that we get a hunger, Lord God, for the revelation knowledge of your word, and Lord, that it just begin to build up inside of us. And Father, I thank you for that. I give you praise for it, Father. I thank you for the word that brings life into us, Lord God, that literally brings us full of life. Father, I give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Oh, God, we give you praise for everything you've done for us tonight, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. If we don't... Hang on, if we let go to if we let go of the things that are good, we're just gonna lose in life. How many tonight can say, you know, I need to learn how to fight for what's good again. I need to learn how to grab hold and hang on again. Amen. If if I if I was if I was to hand you a hundred dollar bill tonight, which I don't have one, so don't worry. But if I was to go hand somebody a hundred dollar bill and then and and you take hold of that and then somebody else come along and grab hold of that, what what would be your first reaction? The first your first response would be to grab hold of it. Because you'd already taken possession. And that's what's gotta happen with the word of God. That's what's gotta happen with the things God's blessed you with. You gotta learn how to get a grip on it, wrestle it to the ground, and refuse to let go. Amen. Praise God. Oh, thank God. Everybody lift your hands like this. Say, God, I re- I release myself to you. I yield myself to you, Father. And I release it right now. All the things that are holding me back, all the things that are restricting me, Father, I release it right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I just want to get a grip on the things of God. I want to get a grip on the things you've given me, Father. I thank you for that. And Father, I just want to grab hold of it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I want to grab hold of the things you have for us. Thank you, Lord. Holy is your name, Jesus. You know that those thoughts that you've been battling in your mind where you, you just keep having these feelings, I, just, I just, just need to give up. I just need to give up. Those are lies. Those are lies. You don't need to give up. You need to grab hold. You need to stand up and fight. Amen. There's, there's a person in this place right now that you've been having these thoughts. You don't even like them, but you've been having these thoughts of just giving up, of just quitting. It's not right. It's, it's a lie. You don't need to quit. 
you need to get you need to ask God to give you courage to rise up and fight again to grab hold and possess in Jesus name thank you father father i just thank you right now lord god for the lies being stopped for truth coming in, into this heart this spirit this mind father i thank you that tonight it breaks by the power of the word of god lord these lies are broken the lying voice is stopped in the name of jesus and father i thank you that this life is freed from from this possession lord god from this from his lie from this de- destruction is freed right now in jesus name and Father, I thank you for that, Father God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Say this with me. I will not quit. I will not give up. I'm going to hang on. Because he's going to reward faithfulness. Amen.